0: Oh. Welcome to The Truth Simply Put, the teaching broadcast vehicle of the Basilea Commission. On today's teaching by Alexander Victor, God's Word, rightly divided in the light of Christ, who is the central theme of the entire scriptures, will come with simplicity, precision, clarity, and power to instruct, admonish, edify, and build you up into the full measure of the stature of Christ. Now, let's dive straight in.
1: Your righteousness began as a thought. It began as God looking at you and deciding you are righteous. Your creation started as a thought in the heart of God. That's why he would tell Jeremiah in chapter 1, Before I knew, formed you, I knew you. So God is not trying to know you. It's because God knew you that he made you. So he made you according to how he knows you. He's not trying to know you because he made you. So you existed as a thought in the matrix of God, in the logos of God before you were made. It's because God knew you. It's because God saw you that he made you. It's not like God made you and then starts trying to figure out how to use you. You're actually the most deliberate of God's creation. You. He knew you. He took his time to know you before he made you. So he made you according to his own divine specification. So, guess what? You are a product of God's faith. And David understood this when he was saying in Psalm 139: where where can I run from your presence? I make my bed in in Hades. In the dead, you are there. What King James translates: hell. You are there. You say Satan is flogging people. Psalm 139: Oh Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know, my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thoughts afar off. You comprehend my path and uh, are acquainted with all my ways. Keep going. For there's not a word on my tongue, but behold, O lo, Lord, you know it all together. In other words, before a word is on my tongue, stay here. Go back to verse 4. Put it up in the TPT. You're so intimately aware of me, Lord, you read my heart like an open book and know all the words I'm about to speak before I even start a sentence. You know every step I will take before my journey even begins. So you're the one that is trying to play catch-up with yourself. Yes, no motivational speech speaker can teach you who you are. Yes, you're the one trying to play catch-up with yourself. You're the one that doesn't know yourself. Yes, That's why it would be foolish of you to try and live your life according to your own limited knowledge of yourself. Yes, you have to be defined by him and how he defines you. Yes, your existence is sponsored by his faith. Yes. And once you are conscious of his faith, you unleash and become a partaker of his grace which is the ability of God to do the mind of God. So think of faith shortly as divine ability, as divine persuasion or divine will. Think of grace as divine ability. Faith is what God wants to do. Grace is how he does it. Is this simple enough for you to understand? Faith is what God wants to do. Grace is how he does it. So when God commends his grace to you, God has commended to you everything he's capable of. Everything. Everything is capable of. And that's why it's an aberration. It is an aberration. It's an embarrassment to see somebody who is graced struggle through life. What else do you want God to give you? You are wanting what God does. You are wanting what God does. You are wanting what God does when God has given you the ability to do it. Did you hear what I just said? You are after what God does when God has given you how God does. You're wanting what God does. Provisions he makes. Healings he supplies. Oh yes, God does it. But he's gone over and above giving you daily bread. He has given you the power to make wealth. Israel knew that. Till today they have not repented from it. Till today Israel is still making wealth. Because their forefathers, if they didn't understand some things, understood that God said, I've given you the power to make wealth. And they took it. I'm the Lord that giveth the power to make wealth. Somebody took it seriously. And you are praying to the God of Israel. Israel is using what God gave them. You are praying to their God. You travel from here to Israel to go and face a wall and pray. So it's actually very, very sad to see believers waiting to receive from God what God has empowered them to create as God, are you listening to me? Let's go. That's why I told you that there's something about a man that knows his grace that can appear to be proud.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir.
1: No. no, he's just conscious. I have God's divine ability.
0: Yes, sir.
1: This what makes Jesus stand and look at them as a man and say, "Tear this temple down in three days. I'll build it." He stand and tell them, "I have the. P- no one takes my life from me. They're about to kill you." You're about to die the worst death on human record. And you're saying, no one takes my life from me. Me, I'm laying it down. It's because I'm permitting you. That's what divine ability does to a man. So faith is what God wills. Grace is how he does it. Do you understand that sufficiently? Yes. So when you receive the faith of God, injected or transmitted to you at the point of receiving God's word, what it activates in you is grace. You become a beneficiary. Of the grace of God. A believer is never without grace.
2: Yes,
1: I think you should say that for yourself. Perhaps you should say, I am, not without grace. I am not without grace. Never. Never. It's not any of the things that Paul says we should pray for. A believer is never without grace. Never. Never without grace. So if you see a believer acting contrary to scripture, is a believer that is not conscious about the grace that is at work in his or her life. The moment you are conscious of the grace of God, there's a level of struggle in your life that ceases. I'm not saying you will not be hungry. That's not what I mean. Because Jesus was hungry. Grace was hungry. Grace wept. In fact, grace vexed. Grace held a whip. and whipped people out of time. So I'm not saying, oh, you won't. By, by the time you discover the grace of God, you never go hungry in your life. That is true, but that's not the entire truth. Oh, because it is true. It is true that you can get to a level of consciousness. And you will never ever be without supply. Yes, sir. For all your life. Yes, sir. It's not the entire truth. In other words, the truth is bigger than this reality. But this reality is inside. It's inside. You can tell yourself, by virtue of the grace of God, I walk in my life. I, I have that as my reality. I can never go anywhere and be stranded. It's not possible. It is not possible. Leave me by the roadside. Drop me in a motor park. I don't understand the language. I don't know anybody. I don't have any money. I, Alexander Victor, I can never be stranded. It's simply not possible. I don't know who am I going to meet. Who is going to help me. It's not of works.
3: I'm
1: afraid who will help me. Will somebody carry me? No. A total stranger is positioned to minister to me. Yes,
2: sir! Yes,
1: sir. And we'll sit down in the motor park and start a Bible study. Yes, sir. Yes,
2: sir. Yes,
1: sir. We finish. You ask me, sir, where are you going from here? That's where I'm, that's where I'm going to sleep for the night. I can't be stranded. Now again, it sounds like pride. I understand. I don't blame you. <laughs> I don't blame you until you're there. Yes. So Instead be crying, oh, what am I going to do? What am I going to call? Who's going to be, bring me out of this? No, sir. No. No, I, I'm not looking for favor. I generate favor. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I show up. I generate the favor I need to get along in my life and ministry. And I will not for once think that you can block me. Oh, they've tried enough. Yes. So you didn't give me a chance. And the earth is the Lord's. Yes. No, you can only stop me if there is nobody sent to partake of the grace of God in my life. That's the only time you can stop me. And at that point, you know who will be stopping me? God. The same way, that's Ekbalo. Yes,
2: sir.
1: You carry you, stand in your way. Stand in your way like the donkey and Bela. And then you now hit the right place and keep going. So I don't sit down and start to mop over opposition. Oh, why is this going on? What, 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 what direction are you sending me? But if there's somebody that's going to partake of the grace of God in my life, no devil in hell can stop me. Yes, it's the grace of God. Yes, and unfortunately for the enemy or enemies, I know. So the issue is not that is it existent, The issue is, does he know? Does he know? That's the, the ability of God. So nothing is happening here. No, that was before I came. Yes, for that department, nothing happens there until you came. So our street is so dry until you arrived. You are right. That's the power of grace. The grace of God is His ability to do. And He took it and gave you. Just as I can create out of nothing now, so can you. Now you are running around looking for something, you have failed. A graced man does not go around looking for something. A graced man goes around looking for nothing to happen to. You are looking for nothing. So you can go and happen to it. And bring something out of it. Graced people don't look for something. There's paupers and beggars that look for something. Graced people. ah, Nothing. Fantastic. Emptiness. Nothingness, now, let me happen to this. And then you look at me, you look at what I brought out of nothing, and you can tell that was the grace of God. Your uncle gave you two million, five million, to God be the glory. Anybody can do that. Anybody that has capital can raise a business. Now you building your dream and nurturing it step by step, a little here, a little there. Consistently watering it until it buds. You can say, that's the grace of God. Yes, the grace of God is not intimidated by nothing. Yes, ah, the grace of God is festered. Yes, ah, it, it's awakened by nothing. Yes, now let's bring something out of nothing. That's grace. That's grace. That's grace. Does that make sense no? yes, That's grace. Something out of nothing. Because you know you have God's divine ability. You are conscious of it. It is that ability. That empowers you. To grasp sound doctrine. And to practice it. So I repeat. A believer who is faltering. In sound doctrine. Is weak because they are not conscious of the grace of God. That empowers them. To live. l i v e live out what they have received. Because living out. Is by the grace of God. Grace is how you live out the faith of God. Because grace is what? God's divine what? Ability. Do you understand? So basically, grace is the how of God. Make sense? In which case, faith will be the what? Of God. Does that make sense? So faith can be what God is. Grace can be how God is. Faith can be what God does, as He's convinced about it in Himself. Grace can be how He does what He's convinced He can do. The ability of God. That's why you are saved by grace. God used His own, God did the working, the ability. That's why I said you're not saved by faith. Because God is God has a persuasion, has a conviction. But he had to action it. The actioning saved you. Does that make sense? So grace is how God does. And if you have received the faith of God, and you're conscious of that, the ability to live it out is the grace of God. Grace is how you live out the faith of God. So you can't receive the faith of God and relegate it to your flesh. Do you understand now? You can't receive the faith of God and relegate it to your flesh. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. Because the carnal mind does not understand the things of God, for they are spiritually discerned. So you can't receive the faith of God and then remit it to your carnal mind. That's why you see where people are referred to as having made a shipwreck of their faith. Is this making sense to you? Acts 11. 19 through to 23. Acts 11, 19 through to 23. Now those who were scattered after the persecution that arose over Stephen, traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, preaching the word to no one but the Jews only. (laughs) But some of them were men from Cyprus and Cyrene, who when they had come to Antioch, spoke to the Hellenists, a Jew who abdicated and became a pagan or, or faithless or is called a proselyte. Yeah, A Jew who gave up Jude Judaism. A Hellenist is a Gentile who adopted the Jewish culture or became a Judaist. Because Jews were not Jews by conversion. Jews are Jews by birth, by ancestry. Does that make sense? That's a Hellenist. Does that make sense?
2: Uh
1: So these guys then go up and are preaching to Hellenists. Basically still speaking to Jews. Just the Jews that were adopted. (laughs) Preaching the Lord Jesus. 21, and the hand of the Lord was with them and a great number believed and turned to the Lord. Then news of these things came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem And they sent out Barnabas to go as far as Antioch. 23, this is where I'm going. When he, Barnabas, came to Antioch and he had seen he was glad and encouraged them all that with purpose of heart, they should continue with the Lord. Stay here and switch to TPT. When he got there and witnessed for himself God's marvelous grace, he was enthused and overjoyed. He encouraged the believers to remain faithful and cling to the Lord with passionate hearts. What did Barnabas see in Antioch? What does that mean? What does that mean? He saw salvation because it says that people believed, many believed on the Lord Jesus. Previous verses. So he couldn't have been Breaking news for him to get there and see believers. It was news of believers that got to Jerusalem that made them send Barnabas to these guys. So grace there cannot be referring to when Barnabas got got there and saw that they were saved. Does that make sense? So what was God's marvelous grace there? Or God's grace there? God's divine ability enabling these guys to live according to persuasion? In you know, other when he got there and saw people who were practicing what they had believed. He was encouraged. So, it wasn't faith. Oh, Lord Jesus. It wasn't faith that Barnabas saw. They were believers on the Lord Jesus. That means they were justified by faith. They were justified. But Barnabas didn't see faith. Barnabas saw grace. It's not how much you know that matters. Nobody cares. Barnabas didn't see faith. He didn't get there and go, wow, these people know the Bible. See how they are teaching and edify. See how they are speaking. See how they are quoting scriptures. Barnabas didn't see faith. Barnabas saw grace. What is grace? God's divine ability causing them to live out their belief. Barnabas saw the result of their faith. And you are trying to shove your faith down somebody's throat. Who is waiting to see what your faith is doing for you. You are trying to show your faith when you should be dispensing Grace. You're getting this. That's when you start to live the Christ life. You know that your every appearance, your every speech, your every thought, your every action is what shows your faith. So if somebody looks at you and constantly calls you canal, that's the faith. That's the persuasion you have projected. If somebody sees you and calls you sensual or lustful, that is the persona you have projected. Somebody looks at you and and calls you needy all the time. You are never giving. You are always receiving. That's the persuasion you have projected. You can't be fighting people who draw conclusions based on what you do. Because what you do is a direct reflection of who you are. Oh, that's not me. That's not me. That's not me. I'm actually a very nice guy. I'm actually a sweet girl. It's just that. Why you judge me by what I'm doing? Because what you do is a reflection of what you believe. So what Barnabas saw was grace. The workings of faith. Not faith. Nobody wants to see it. That's why God Himself had to do about what He thought. That's why it's grace that appeared, not faith. Why why wasn't it the faith of God that appeared to all men? Why didn't God just appear, throwing scriptures? You know, you just see Jesus, just scriptures tearing the place. The grace of God appeared to all men. Jesus came and he was described as being full of grace and truth. Oh, wasn't he full of faith? Oh, he was.
2: Yes,
1: but as the English saying goes, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Grace appeared. Grace uh, is what gives face to faith. Grace is what gives faith faith to faith in other words grace is how you identify faith grace is what gives face to faith grace is how you identify faith faith is revealed by grace does that make sense if what a person does cannot be divorced from who the person is, as scripture says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So, Because what a person does is a direct reflection of what they think. Anybody who doesn't understand that is working in self-delusion. You have deceived yourself enough to believe there is who I am. That never means these bad things. But then there's the bad things I continue to do, which are not what I am. Don't judge me by what I do. See my heart. Can you see it? And People say to you all the time, I, 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 I didn't mean it how it sounded. I didn't, I didn't mean it. I didn't say it. I, I, I shouldn't have said it. I take it back. You can't take anything back. You can't take anything back. All
2: oh, right, I take it back. I take it back.
1: Oh, I recall the message. I read it. I didn't mean that. I, I I didn't mean that. Just can you, can we just pretend can we just pretend I never said it? I didn't mean it. I keep finding myself doing things I never intend to do. When a child. That's if you're born again in the first place. So that's why I, I don't argue with people that attack the grace. They don't know it. They don't know what grace is. They have not the faintest clue what the grace of God is. Because the grace of God is the highest level of responsibility. That God has. God is all capable. All able. And yet he constricts himself inside his will. So the grace of God is actually what tames God to be your father. The grace of God is how God can muster all that energy. And come and be your father. And forgive you of sin that he should crush you about. As the just God. So the grace of God is the discipline of God in action. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because God could have just simply. He did it once. Wiped the whole earth. Okay, I'm sorry. Some of you are are hearing now that God didn't bring the flood on, on Noah and the earth. God is so sweet. You haven't heard it? No, no, no one's flood. Some people say it didn't happen. Others say it happened, but it wasn't God that brought the flood. Yeah, it was a misrepresentation of God. Was it God that told you he brought flood, or was it Moses? And my problem with these guys, I keep saying, is by the time you start poking holes, he said, he just remove the whole Bible. Take it away. But who said that God brought flood? Was it God? It was Moses. Moses is infall- not infallible. Moses could have said something and attributed it to God when it wasn't God that did it. Where was God when God was giving the word to Moses? It was God when Moses was writing it wrongly? God could not tell Moses, my friend, that's not what I told you. <laughs> because Moses could have even written the whole thing. Wash the pen, scroll the the thing up, pack it, and by morning it has corrected. Is it Harry Potter that can do it and God cannot? Just just delete it. Moses will write, you just see, you just. Moses will write it again, my friend. As Moses is trying to write the third time, you get a knock in his temple. (laughs) (laughs) What are you writing? I know but God has always been love God has never been angry how come the cross satisfied his wrath God's wrath is his righteous justice you think God's wrath is just an emotional reaction because of how you get angry the problem is you keep reading God according to yourself God's wrath, God's anger is his righteous justice against sin. By virtue of him being God, he is unfavorably disposed to sin. By virtue of him being God. That's why God, for a minute, took a break from being God and became your father. It's only a father that covers a son that is wrong. A God doesn't.
2: Yes, yes, yes.
1: A subject who falls out of line dies. It is righteous. How many scriptures do you want to delete from from the Bible that shows the wrath of God? That shows people that are storing up themselves the wrath of God for disbelieving Jesus, who is the interface that causes the love of God to transcend the wrath of God. So that's why we don't, I mean, I don't say God is not mad. I say God is not mad at you. Because he's just. The person advocating for you at the hand of the Father in First John 2 is Jesus Christ the just. Not Jesus Christ the mushy. Do you understand? Not Jesus Christ the cuddly. You know? Because he's might say, oh, well, come on, Lord. Don't kill them. <laughs> look, at how cute, look at how cute they are. They don't know nothing. Oh, come on. You're going to kill them again and start all over again come on come on on, pops is Jesus the just what does Jesus justice then mean now you ought to kill these
2: people
1: but sir you can't see it again where is it where is their sin that's Jesus the just oh yeah if you see sin you kill him well father show me sin I became it, Father. Yes, I took it. Yeah. That's the justice of Jesus speaking. Yes, it's not the, oh, come on, don't kill them, please. They'll, they'll get it right. They'll confess in the morning, morning devotion. Yes. So God, Je- the justice of Jesus is not begging for you.
2: Yes, yes, sir.
1: Yes, sir. Intercession is not begging. Yes,
2: sir.
1: The justice of Jesus Is this a legal term? Is pleading your cause before the Father? Standing the Father, hey! I paid for that. It's not begging, Father. Please don't kill them, because if that's all he's doing, he could have as well stayed there. Don't bother coming to die. Just be begging. Do you understand? Just a begging, and then you can now co- co- collect Mary, uh, Joseph, Benedict, all the other saints. To also be praying for us and be begging. You understand? Your mother that is dead, your grandmother that is dead, will join the heavenly host of angels begging. The more people you you have lost that are in heaven, the more people can beg for you. Jesus comes to die for the sins of the world and is at the right hand of the Father, begging God. Both God and Jesus need Jesus. Because they are confused. They don't have their acts together. They don't have their acts together. They both don't deserve to be God. Or Jesus. Excuse me, let the read Jesus, stand up. No, both of them don't deserve. They don't know what you're doing. Why why, why would Paul say in 1 Corinthians 15, if if Christ is not raised, if there's no hope for resurrection, Christ died in vain, you are still in your sins. So what what guarantees that you're no longer in your sins? Christ died, Christ rose. Do you understand? Christ died, Christ rose for our justification. Romans 4.25. So he's not risen, begging for my sin to be forgiven. My sin is forgiven because he's risen. Justification is just as if I had. You understand? Your record like you never sinned. Your sin is wiped clean. Do you understand what I'm saying? So in Christ, you are not an ex convict. Do you understand that? You're not somebody who was in prison and then was set free. He was not expunged. But as a believer, you don't have a record of who you used to be. Heaven does not know what you were like before you got born again. Such a record does not exist. Do you understand? You finish from Crew Tech, you get your degree, you have moved on with your life, and they go and erase everything about you from Crew Tech, and they come and everybody can argue you, you were never there. Nobody can recognize you. Not, not an old student, not a classmate, not an alumni, not SUG, not a lecturer, nobody. You are never there. The way that Johnny is in CrewTech, and if you go to Uniport, search all you want. Then going will find nothing about Johnny in Uniport. He was never there. That's redemption, remember? Yes, Carrying you. Polo Truth carrying you to a place so far away from where you were delivered from. And there's no record and there's no chance of you going back there. You never existed in your old life. You never existed. So Jesus is not at the right hand of the Father trying to re- beg the Father to, do- to not kill you. That's no intercession. He's interceding for me. Letting the Father know in my justice, I paid for that. So your sins were not excused. You understand? Your sins were forgiven and they were forgiven because somebody else paid for you. Are you following me now? So God's wrath is his righteous justice. No, oh, God, you can just wipe the whole earth one more time. These people don't know what they are doing. I've, did, I've done it before with Noah. Saved them, I could just do it again. But he had a different conviction. Because he did, he set to work about it. And that work he set about doing was his grace. With him. So it's not the faith of God that appeared. It's the grace of God. When Barnabas goes to Antioch, it's not faith, he sees. It's grace. The workings of faith. The workings of faith. And that's why a lot of people bring a lot of abuse and insult to the message of the grace of God. Because people don't see the grace of God in you. You're just hearing all your noise about faith. They are hearing you talk about doctrine. Quote scriptures. Make noise. Preach. Teach. In school. In a taxi. No grace. Your lifestyle. No impact of your faith. Because there is no grace. You following me now? And by no grace, what do we mean? There is no grace. Consciousness. Because even the grace is of God. He says, Is God's grace? Is, gra- is he yours? No consciousness of God's grace. So you walk around forgetting what manner of man you are. You have received good food. You're not just nourishing by it. Because there's a grace disconnect. And the problem is not the message of grace, the problem is the recipient of the message. Barnabas finds what? Grace. He sees the grace of God. What is that? God's ability quickening them to practice their faith and grow thereby. That's maturity. Maturity is not the knowledge of sound doctrine. It's the practice of the knowledge of sound doctrine. You understand what I'm saying now? Maturity, spiritual maturity, is not is not knowledge of sound doctrine. It's the practice of that knowledge. The knowledge you are practicing is what makes you mature. You guys hear what I'm saying? Yes, you need to understand this thing so you can live profitably thereby. Do you hear? Yes, it's all grace. The workings of faith. You get it? Yes, sir. Acts 20 and 32, a scripture that we come across ever so often in this house. Acts 20 and 32. So now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. Look at what the word of his grace is able to do. He's able to build you up, or kodomo, and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Or make you aware of your inheritance among those. That's actually the original Greek word for give there. Not giving you something, That you didn't already have. To give you. To give you. I'm pulling that up. Just bear with me a second. Didomai. To give to put you in consciousness of. You know. To grant. To supply. To furnish. And then here. The crucial one. To cause to come forth. Not giving you as though you didn't have it, but to cause a manifestation of. That's the word didomai, translated give. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. To give, to cause to come forth. Um, that is strong 1325. To command, to grant, to give something in various senses, to give someone something of one accord, to let one have something, to furnish something to give what is due to the person or obligatory to the person, to cause to produce, to give forth from oneself, Mm. to cause to come forth, to give something to someone as his own. So when he says give you an inheritance, it means let me come, let me show you which portion of this land is your own. Not to give you an inheritance as though you you have an inheritance. Come and see your portion. Does that make sense? To give something to someone as his own. To give someone or something to someone to whom he already belonged. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? You don't mind? The word of his grace. The word of God that highlights his divine ability is what causes you to grow and come into your own. The word of his grace grace so the word of god the word of truth the word of life is the word of his grace it is the word because it's the logos of god he is the word remod over you establishes what god's ability does that make sense and that's how you grow that's how you're built up that's how you take possession of your portion in god's inheritance so you can be saved and not coming to what is yours. I've said this here a few weeks ago. There's so many Christians in church that are clinging onto one man of God, enjoying what that man of God has as his own inheritance. It is from what I have known about God that I pray for you to be healed. From what I've come into my understanding about God that I teach you scripture from what I've come into from my own understanding of our God that I pay your fees from, so the whole, that's why people are dying does that make sense now? because somebody has come into understanding of the word of his grace and has come into the possession or the working of his own consciousness of his own portion in God's inheritance everybody else is just leeching onto them and say so you are the hero he's a mighty man of God he's so anointed what are you? Because there's nothing called anointing. There's someone called anointing. First John 2. I think it's 20 and 24. Anointing is not something. Least of all, oil. Anointing is a person. Thank you. Can you see that clearly on the screen in your Bible? But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. Now you now go to verse 27. You You have an anointing. The anointing which you have received from him abides in you, and you did not need that anyone teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things. And that anointing, that same anointing is true. That same anointing is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. Anointing teaches you. The only time Jesus referred to anything or anyone besides himself teaching us was when he referred to the Holy Spirit. says he will teach you all things. He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of himself. He will take what is mine and give to you. So when you now come and say this anointing teaches you and you abide in him and he is true. It's the Holy Spirit. So the anointing is not a substance, it's a person. It's the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of who? Jesus. God. Romans 8. Who is Jesus? Called who? Jesus. Christ. You know that's what Christ means? Christos. Christos in the Greek means... The anointed one and his anointing. That's the meaning of Christ. It's not the surname of Jesus. It was the description of the makeup of Jesus. Christos, the anointed one, along with his anointing. That's Christ. Now, if the spirit of the anointing and His anointing, or the Anointed One, and His Anointing dwells in you. Which other anointing do you need? That it's only Goya that can activate. Now, I know some people are not going to like this. Just change the channel. So you, somebody else has come into understanding, and you, you're leeching. Pastor, you just do it. But there's an inheritance in the Lord for everybody. Some people are just leaving their land fallow have laid claim towards yours because you have despised the word of his grace, which is only what is able to build you up and activate to you what is yours. And activate to you what is yours. Are you getting this? Yes. Hebrews 13 and 9. Another scripture I love so much. Hebrews 13 and 9. Do not be carrying about with various and strange doctrines. Look at the dichotomy it draws or the two different extremes. Do not be carried about with various and strange doctrines. So what is he talking about here now? Doctrines. The faith. Okay? For it is good for the heart to be established by grace. What are we talking about? Strange doctrines. What keeps you away from strange doctrines? Grace. The establishment of your heart by grace. And not with foods which have not profited those who have been occupied with them. They've been eating all your life. What has he done for you? And say, Oh, I've been so hungry. I don't know what's happening to me these days. There's no food to eat. So what? The kingdom of God, sir. It's not meat and bread. But righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Take that from a man who knows firsthand what it means to be hungry. When I tell you that uh, it's not food. Don't think, "Oh, papa, you don't know. Look at how your tummy is. You know, God is not meat and bread. It's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yes,
2: 19. No,
1: it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace and not food. Yes, sir. Why not food? Because food is what the Gentiles seek. Yes, Matthew 6. Take no thought for your life saying, Matthew 6. Take no thought for your life saying, what shall you eat? What shall you drink? What shall you wear? For after these things do the Gentiles seek. 31. Therefore do not worry saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? 32. For after all these things the Gentiles seek. Stay here, Timothy. 32. For that is what the unbelievers chase after. Number hmm. 31 Let somebody receive deliverance right now from carnal human anxiety. Carnal human anxiety. So then, forsake your worries. Tell me, forsake your worries. your worries. Why would you say, "What will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear"? For this is what the unbelievers chase after. Hold on. What do the unbelievers chase after? So every time as a believer in church, your mind is set on... What does that make you? Now go back. Every crusade and solution program in church... It's centered around these three things. Yes. Yes,
2: yes, yes.
1: Featuring divine provision, yes, miracle house, miracle car, miracle, miracle, miracle. So, guess what we are doing? And it's not me that I see it, it's scripture. Unbelievers. Yes, 32. A message. People who don't know God and the way He walks fuss over these things. But you know both God and how he works. So you should not fuss over these things. Look at me. I'm not saying, scripture is not saying, don't fuss over these things because you will always have it. He's saying you should not be concerned over these things that it becomes what consumes you. Even when you don't have it, it has no hold over you. Do you understand what I'm saying now? Even when you don't have it, God doesn't suddenly stop being good because you didn't eat today. Yes. You don't take a break from being a son of God because you have not had data for two weeks.
2: Yes.
1: Why should I be coming? I've not eaten a good meal for two months and you say God is good. You say we are saved by grace. Well, How long you? Because what you have shown is you're not ready to grow. If you came to church and you're upset, they didn't feed you, they didn't pay us, we are in the wrong place. You don't have have any zero sense. Zero sense. In the wrong place. I'm not even sure. This thing is not working. There are many things that are working. Choose one. Be quick about it. I'm saying this because, see, if nobody else will make you confront your conviction about your faith, I will. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I will rattle you until you are sure of what you are sure of. Yes, sir. I don't know if God is there. He's been there. Psalm 90 verse 1, Thou, old God has been our dwelling place in all generations. Verse 2 Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever thou formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. Psalm 90, verse 1 and 2. Psalm 24, verse 1 The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and all that dwell therein, for he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. It's not your jam that makes him God. Verse 2 He has a track record. He founded the earth upon the seas, established it upon the waters. Hebrews eleven verse three. For by faith we understand that the walls were framed by the word of God, so the things that be came out of the things that were not. Are like you say things that were seen came out of the things that were not? Why? Because God spoke His word and stuff happened. Hebrews one ah. Hebrews one three. He upholds all things by the word of His power. Colossians 1:15 and sixteen. All things consist through Him, in Him, for Him, and by Him. It's not your husband that you didn't marry, your job child you didn't get. That now reduces the character of God's nature and existence. You are a baby. All things were created through him and for him and by him. So you don't use your circumstance to determine the character of God. The eternal character of God. Eternal as a quality. Not as a duration. It's a quality. It's God. It's God. So because you think, oh, oh, yeah, oh, they didn't didn't show me empathy. They didn't grow up. No, 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 no. Church is not a solution center. Church is a solution provider to the nations of the earth. Church is not where you come to get solution. Church is where you come to be instructed to be solution. The salt of the earth, not of the church. The light of the world, not of the church. Who hides who lights a lamp and hides it under a bushel? It's too much light in church that we are fighting each other. Too much light, you're blinding each other. You're glaring at each other, flaring each other. Now am a solution provider. You don't see that in the New Testament. You gather and you're equipped for the work of ministry. The ministry happens out there. You're not gathered here to meet your needs. That's not what we're here for. But God, to give you the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and unlocking you, your portion in the inheritance. Yes, That's what any church that is of God in Jesus should be doing. Yes, sir. At whatever cost. I repeat, right, if you don't like it, there are faster ways. Teaching sound doctrine. Giving you pastoral oversight as your under-shepherd. Provide pastoral oversight and to provide exemplary living. In other words, show the grace of my faith. For what of His grace is able to build you up and give you an inheritance? I never not know what to do. Because I have grace. People are watching me. And how I respond is instructive to the people I disciple. So as a leader, you cannot be divorced from what you teach. Not show it. Not show it. If the only time as a leader or as a pastor... That you are on time is when you are going to teach in your home church. You are hypocrite. Yes, yes, you are hypocrite, and the people that you are teaching are watching you. You're hypocrite, because your life is the grace message of your faith. It is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace, not by food. Because after food, the Gentiles are seeking. Food doesn't profit those who have been eating it i you eat eating such a nice meal, you you hate the fact that you have to go to the toilet shortly. Then yes. yes. you understand how much vanity it is. Yes. Or you eat so much and you can't sleep. Yes. You it only feels like there's six children in, in it. No, there's no even space for enzymes to start breaking down the food. Enzymes can't move. <laughs> food is such vanity. Food is so overrated. When you're hungry, by all means, eat. But you were made for so much more. You were made for so much more. All you're living for is to survive. Food on the table, food on the table, food on the table. That's a very poor man's way of thinking. And nobody who thinks poor will make rich. Nobody. Nobody who thinks poor will make rich. Because you just spend your life trying to survive. Spend all your life trying to get by. We're not designed to get by. We're designed to thrive in the earth. Don't come through a place and you're hiding. You come through a place and the place knows you were there. That's grace. The place knows you were there. Hate me, like me. Again, I said there's something about the grace of God in the man that make it look like he's been proud. It's grace. You come through a place and just go through even if I came here to do three weeks course, this city would have heard my name. Do you understand what I'm saying? You came, you did service, you were in school five years. Paul says, it's by the grace of God that we are who we are and the grace of God to me has not been in vain. It's better that you were not in the, in the kingdom than you are in the kingdom with dormant grace. Am I provoking somebody tonight? You are in the kingdom with dormant grace. Grace that has no chance of erupting. Mm -hmm. Of no use to church. Paul said the grace of God, to me, has not been in vain. In other words, there's nothing that I can deploy the grace of God to do that I've not used it to do. Do you understand? I've used it to preach and prosper churches. I've used it to receive lashings for preaching and prospering churches. I've used it to travel safe. I've used it to survive when my ship wrecked in Malta. Do you understand? I've used it to be delivered from wicked and unreasonable men. I've used it to stay alive and take it for the marks of Christ when wicked and unreasonable men caught me and flogged me in the market square. The grace of God to me has not been in vain. There's nothing that God's ability in me quickens me to do that I have not done. Don't be an unfaithful steward of the grace of God. It's good for the heart to be strengthened by grace. Colossians 1:6. Are you getting this tonight? Yes, Colossians chapter 1, verse 6. Pick the sentence for me. Thank you. We give thanks to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all the saints. Because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven. See that? Hope. Of which you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel. Same thing. Which has come to you. So what has come to you? The word of the truth of the gospel. Which has come to you as it has also in all the world. Mm Mm-hmm and is bringing forth fruit as it is also among you since the day you heard and knew what? The grace of haya. Fruit was coming in the Colossian church from the day they heard grace. Are you seeing what I'm showing you? The word of the grace, or the word of the truth of the gospel, which has come to you, as it has come all over the world, is bringing forth fruit as it is bringing among you since the day you heard. So the turning point for the Colossian church was that they heard and knew the grace of God. This is what Barnabas saw in Antioch. Absolute game changer. We may have been mediocre until we heard the grace of God. We may have been unruly and rascally until the day we hear and know the grace of God. We may be inferior and suffering in the earth and not getting along in our academics or our vocation until we encounter the grace of God. The grace of God is the end of the regular in the life of any man. The grace of God is the end. Of the regular. In the life of any man. Nobody encounters the grace of God. And doesn't transfigurate in totality. And become a whole other man. Energized as by the ability. Of God. Hmm. Rhetorical question. (laughs) Do you know the grace of God? Because Jesus himself. Asked the woman. He said if only you knew the grace and the gift of God. Standing here. John 4. It's a time woman, right? The grace of God is the end of the regular. Colossians chapter 1. Among you began to bring forth fruit since the day you heard and knew the grace of God in truth. That's a turning point. TPT. This is the wonderful message that is being spread everywhere. Powerfully changing hearts throughout the earth. Just like it has changed you. Every believer of this good news. Bears the fruit of eternal life. As they experience the reality of God's grace. The message. It's the same all over the world. The message bears fruit. And gets larger and stronger. Since just as it has in you. From the very first day you heard and recognized the truth. Of what God is doing. You've been hungry for more. Message bears fruit. That's what grace does. You see why it's, it's not multiple encounters of grace. There's one encounter, and then recurrent consciousness. Recurrent, 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 recurrent. Recurrent consciousness. Recurrent consciousness. Second Peter three eighteen. Second Peter three and eighteen. Are you getting this? Pick a sentence for me from verse um, 17. You therefore, beloved, since you know this beforehand, beware lest you also fall from your own steadfastness, being led away with the error of the wicked, but, on the contrary, grow in the grace. Tell your neighbor, grow in the grace. And knowledge knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Tell the other neighbor grow in the grace grace and knowledge knowledge of our Lord Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Grow in the grace. The word used there is oxano for grow or oxanete. You all know what the word oxano is for grow, evolve. It's oxano, oxanite from the word oxano. Discipleship, non-stop progress, development, cost to grow, cost to be fully grown, and to increase. Right? That's what oxano. And how do you grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ? So grace enables you to practice doctrine. Faith enables you to grasp doctrine. Grace enables you to practice doctrine. Because like I said earlier on, it's not the knowledge of sound doctrine that makes you mature. It is the practice of the knowledge of sound doctrine. You get that? Faith brings Christ to you Grace brings Christ out of you. (laughs) Because what Barnabas saw was Christ on display. Not Christ in their mind. (laughs) Are you following me now? Not Christ in their speaking. Because he himself says to them, and I came to you and he come to you with the enticing words of men's wisdom. He said "He was the most eloquent of the apostles. But he said the grace of God, nah, nah, nah. I did not receive it in vain. That's a mighty statement to make. Remember, faith comes to you for believing. So it brings Christ to you. Because that's what happened. God was manifest in the flesh. It's not you giving your life to Christ. Which life do you have to give Christ? It's a believer that gives their life to Christ. Mhm. Because the now the life a believer now lives in the flesh. Galatians two twenty. They live by the faith of the Son of God. Yeah, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. So it's a believer that has life. He can give God. Say, okay, God, come and use this life you gave me. Yes. I beseech you therefore, now, brethren, by the mercy in view of the message of God, Romans 12.1 that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, yes. living sacrifice. It's believers that have life to give God. An unbeliever doesn't give his life to Christ. He has no life to give. <laughs> give your life to Christ. Come and give your life to Christ. Come and be the Lord of my life. Scripture never teaches that.
2: <laughs> which, which life? <laughs>
1: Somebody is very shocked right now. But Ephesians one and you he made alive who were what now NLT once you were what Mm -hmm. if you check some translations all they actually say for this verse is you were once dead in your sin it's actually even the translators that added he has quickened see verse 2 Okay, see, TBT. And his fullness fills you even though you were once like corpses. Yeah. See, the strength of truth is that it is true in spite of who is saying it. Yeah. So you can hate the man, but you can hate the message. Yeah. Corpses, dead in your sins and offenses. Dead. So, how did you have life? To give to He who is eternal life. For Him to do what with your life? You are dead. You receive the life of Christ. Look at John 10.10. You all know it. You all know it. John 10.10. The thief cometh but for to steal, kill, and destroy. I am come that they may have. Echo. Echete. (laughs) (laughs) I am come that they may have. I am come that they may receive, collect. Not, not. I'm come that they may give me their life so I can use. The unbeliever has no life. That's the whole idea of being lost. That's the whole idea of being lost. Being dead. Does that make sense? Isn't that what echoes in Luke 15? The the prodigal son or lost son's father. What did he tell the elder brother? He said, my son was dead. But the boy was alive. So my son was lost his found. My son was dead. But he wasn't dead. But he was dead. Now the boy came back. Stupidly. With one quarter life. To give his father. Can I be a servant? I don't have anything. But such as I have. Give I unto thee. The father totally ignored the boy. It's so embarrassing. Yes, <laughs> if you look at it in hindsight, yes. retrospectively, yes. the father shunned the boy totally. Yes. They answer him, Make me a servant. Even the servants in the father's house were made servants honorably.
2: Yes.
1: Not by mistake. Yes, the servants in the father's house were employed as servants. They were not ex-prisoners. They were not people that fell from grace. They now became servants. No, they were deliberate, conscious servants by design. You now come. Even servants by design are not qualified. Say, but let me just, at least last, last. You know, let me just pacify you. By saying, whatever is left of me, just take it here and use it. So that I make you nobody say, I didn't bring anything. Why did the father reject the boy's offer? Because the boy was dead. So what did the father give the boy? Life. Put a finest cloth on him. Put a ring on his finger. Restore his status. Kill the cow. feed him. Nourish him. For my son was lost his farm. My son was dead. And he's alive. So it, it didn't matter what the boy had done or what he was bringing to the table. It was unnecessary. We're dead. So what, how does life come into you? By the faith of God. Faith comes by hearing. Faith by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. John 1.11. He came to his own. His own received him not. But as many as received him. Verse 12. Received him. I've come that they might have life. In him was life. This life was the life of men. This word of life. In John 1 11, he came to his own. His own received him not. Not his own. did not give him their lives. Jesus' expectation for the lost was not for them to give him what they had. was for them to receive what he was giving. And it remains the same till today. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. His expectation for the lost has never been for the lost to bring what they have. No matter how small. It's been for them to receive what he's giving. Yes. He came to his own; his own received him not. Verse twelve. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right, exousia, to become sons, teknon, not children. Children is wrong. Sons of God. To so those who believe on his name, give them power to become what sons, because they received him not because they gave to him so faith is how you receive the life of God Christ is the life of God when we receive him he becomes our life Colossians 3 3 when Christ who is your life shall appear put it up Colossians 3, you died and your life was hid with Christ in God. Next verse, verse 4. When Christ, who is our life, appears. Christ is our life. The life I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God. So faith is how you receive Christ. How Christ comes into you. Grace is how Christ exalts out of you. Comes forth out of you. So what they see. That's Christ. Yes, That's the grace of God. Are you getting this?
2: Yes,
1: sir. Once you're conscious of it, your, your life takes on a dramatic different turn. Let me finish this. Last expression of the grace of God. Grace expressed as supernatural ability for carrying out God's will. First was grace expressed in creation. Remember? Second, grace expressed in salvation because the entirety of creation was just to bring about salvation. Thirdly, grace expressed in reception or receiving sound doctrine and edification. Fourth and last, grace expressed a supernatural ability for carrying out God's will. You ready? And even that, I put a few subgroups to Be able to systematically make us understand these abilities. First one, for the ministry of the gospel. Grace is how we preach and teach the gospel. Grace, not knowledge. Grace, not people's skills. Oh, I'm good at people. People like me. It doesn't sell the gospel, it will sell your personality. Somebody buying it will buy a prejudiced version of the gospel because they bought it according to how you sold it. Yes, Not according to what he is. He. He. I'm good at people. People listen to me. Very dangerous. I've said over and over, the worst thing that can happen to any man is to realize he has an audience. Yes, sir. three people who click like on your Facebook post. The worst thing that can happen to somebody who has something to say is to realize he has an audience. The gospel is fed by the grace of God because it is the message of the grace of God. So grace is not just the message. Grace is how we preach the message. Grace is how we preach the message. Romans 12 and 3. For I say how does he say? <laughs> I've to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Emphasis there is the first line. For I say through the grace given. So, what was Paul's audacity for speaking? Grace given to him, the ability of God. In other words, it is by the grace of God that has been given to me that I'm saying to you, don't do this. I wonder how the TPT puts this verse. I haven't checked it. Well, let's see. Oh, great. God has given me grace to speak a warning about pride. So Paul wasn't just speaking because he was eloquent of speech or because he was well versed in the law. NLT. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give you just your warning. Great. The word charis for grace is also used on a couple of occasions to mean thankfulness. So when it says giving thanks always, for that's the will of God in Christ Jesus, the word there is charis. He was speaking out of acknowledgement of the power working within him. Do you understand that now? Grace as in the enablement of God. And grace is, I'm thankful that I can talk to you. No, that was not Paul. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How's yes, sir. Paul, 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 Paul. Yes, Is it because I'm small I'm a way that people are despising me Wait until I come to you yes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That was Paul <laughs> Not all. I'm so privileged yes, To be telling you Please don't think of yourself more highly No, Paul, say, I say this to your dishonor I say this to your shame That was Paul I robbed other churches to yes. so look after you. This is it only me and Barnabas that cannot marry a wife? Yes. Do you have many fathers, instructors? You don't have many fathers in the gospel. Yes. For in Christ Jesus, I birth you through the gospel. Yes. That's not the person that will come and tell you. I'm thankful yes. to be able to address you. Yes. <laughs> Paul says, By the, It's the grace of God. Yes. He said, ah, I've labored in the gospel more than the other apostles. Yes. I, more than they. Paul was very emphatic. Yes. Paul says we don't preach ourselves by the Lord Jesus. Grace is how we teach the gospel. Grace is how we preach the gospel. 1 Corinthians 15 and 10. Are you getting this? Yes. Thank you, Father. 1 Corinthians 15 and 10. We're almost done with this. Oof! This verse, though. This verse, this verse, this verse. It's the only verse in the New Testament that has grace three times. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And His grace towards me was not in vain. I labored more abundantly than they, but it's not me that labored. It's the grace of God. Me. Oh, He's a grace preacher. I am. I am. Everything about you is grace. You are absolutely correct. Yeah. Absolutely! Don't you mind that they are back biting you? It's my back, you're biting. That means you're behind me. Keep biting. Somebody in front of you cannot bite your back.
3: back
1: biting, back biting. Back, biting, right? Back, bite. That's fine. As long as you are having a back to bite, yeah. I'm in front of you. So keep walking and biting. Because if you're ahead of me, it's be front biting me,
2: yeah. Yeah. or
1: at least side biting me. So you're back biting, knock yourself out. Knock yourself out. It's by the grace of God I am what I am, and this grace of God is not being in vain. many people have laboured, I've laboured, but not I. The grace of God, which is with me, is what is laboring. Put the verse up. Paul was also conversely or consequently acknowledging that there was some of they that labored, but not with as much grace. I labored more, not because of me. The reason why I labored more than them. Is because I was grace conscious. Because every now and then, we're not exactly sure where James was. Elder of the church in Jerusalem. Brother of Jesus. Okay, we understand this grace thing, Acts 15. We understand this new message and everything. We know that, okay, Gentiles are, okay, just give them these four laws. We are seeing the Holy Ghost fall upon Gentiles. Peter is saying, why are you putting a yoke on them that uh, even us, our fathers, could not bear? After you heard all that, you say, okay, yeah, we have grief. You're just getting this format and then manage this for
2: <laughs>
1: Peter, you say, you, you, Peter, you. You, that you are the first person to witness the Holy Ghost fall on a Gentile. First person. Now no, you are in Galatia. People came from this same James. You saw that you jump. left the Gentiles. Say, I can't eat with Gentiles, though. But you are the first, you're the one that actually took the fight for Gentile faith to Jerusalem. He now took Paul, who was a child when Jesus walked the earth. Bible history has it. Bible history, not in the Bible, Bible history has it. That Paul was there them days by the soldiers when Jesus was being crucified. Paul now comes and is challenging uncle Peter. And he's sending the Galatians, I rebuked Peter to his face because of his ungodly act that has swayed Barnabas but for my rebuke. Why am I telling you all of this? To put that verse into perspective. They labored I labored more than them. Why? Because I relied on grace. What they struggled with. Let me see other translations. I need to wrap up and finish this. First Corinthians 15.10 But whatever I am now, it is all because God poured out his special favor on me, not without results. For I have worked harder than any of, go on, the other apostles. Yet, it was not I, but God who was walking through me by his grace. Philippians 1.7 Just as it is right for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart, inasmuch as both in my chains and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you are all partakers with me of grace. You are all. All. Some say all. So, a believer is never without grace. Oh, look at you. Oh, you grace ministers. Hey, there's something else to be a minister of. Really? You have mind to say you are a minister of something else but grace. I don't say you're a grace minister. Wow. Put it up in, in CPT. Let me see how random that verse. Philippians 1, 7. It's not one I pray with such confidence. Since you have a permanent place in my heart. You have remained partners with me in the wonderful grace of God. Partners with me. In the grace of God. Even though I'm here in chains. For standing up for the truth of the gospel. We are partnering together in grace. We are partaking of the same grace. So what's sustaining him through ministry? By what did he deliver? Ministry. Grace. Grace. We need to look at grace for doing God's will in the church. We need to look at grace for service, diakonos. We need to look at grace for edifying the saints. Grace in that your speech is seasoned with salt. Releasing grace to the hearers. Grace is the hallmark of the faith. Then grace... For supernatural manifestations, grace that provides a manifestation platform for the gifts of the spirit. Because the gifts of the spirit are released by grace. Grace for navigating tough times. It's all grace. You can't be loving grace to feed you and grace to provide your needs. And not rely on grace to take you through a tough time. Expecting grace to help you dodge a tough time. By the grace of God, you will not dodge. You will not dodge. Because if you dodge, you will be deficient in your faith. That the testing, Galatians, Galatians, James 1, 2 and 3, the testing of your faith will get patience. Therefore, let yes, allow, allow, yes, allow, yes, allow, yes, allow patience yes, have its full Allow it. Why? The end is that you might be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. There's a problem if you dodge, will cheat you of maturity in an area. Yes, That's why I taught you in this house, don't simplify it. Yes, <laughs> the scripture says, Count it all joy. When? Both men. When? We're pressed but not crushed. 2 Corinthians four. We're persecuted, not abandoned, we're struck down, we're not destroyed. He says shipwrecked. I glory in my infirmities that the grace of God might rest upon me. Second Corinthians twelve. That's a very powerful scripture in the New Testament and the power of God might rest upon me. So there's grace for navigating tough times, not for escaping them. Mm -hmm. Grace for navigating tough times. So you look at tough times from the lens of grace, and you're like, no, I I have ability to handle you. No, no. Because what is grace? Grace is spirit expressed. This is a victory, 1 John 5, 4, that, that overcomes the world, even our faith. My faith. So grace enables you to hold on to the faith, hold on to the profession of your faith, with which there is great recompense of reward. <laughs> Please, I said, so I let you guys go tonight. There's nothing as painful as a believer with demand grace. You are transformed to a different class of human by the grace of God. Spend it. It doesn't run out. Never runs out. We are what we are by the grace of God, not by the human effort. Oh, may I hustle? If I didn't hustle my way, sir, be careful. Be careful. Don't bring a job upon yourself. I hustled. I have hustled. I have slain for all I have. Sir. Sir. Ma. Auntie. Even for my hustle. Careful. The writer says the, the horse might be prepared for the day of battle. But victory is the Lord's. So even the horse. I mean imagine the kind of horse that David used. Like top notch Greek stallions, he says, The horse is prepared for the day of battle, but victory is the Lord's. Victory is not coming because I prepared the horse.
2: The
1: horse, the battle, and the rider knows victory came by the Lord. (laughs) So, ever don't remember the story of the rich man that Jesus told the, the parable gets up and says, I will tear down my dance. My bands, build bigger ones. For these hands have brought my prosperity. These hands. And that night God said, my friend, put your house in order tonight. Paul asked the Corinthian church, what do you have that has not been given to you of God? If you received it as a gift, why are you acting like it's what you did? Even the David that was a skilled marksman, David says, you teach my hands to war and my limbs to fight. David, all his training in the bush, you teach my hands to war. By my God, I can leap over a wall. By my God, I can run through a troop, not by military strategy. And that was from a strategic commander that hardly ever lost a battle. Hardly. Hardly. No military experience. He waged a guerrilla warfare, survived Saul for 13 years. 13 years. Survived a king. 13 years. With a full army and the might of the treasury. It wasn't a pushover. And you ask him in his press interview, How did you achieve this? He said, By my God. By my God, I can run through a troop. By my God, I can leap over a wall. That's a grace conscious person. So, walk in that consciousness. Obliterate impossibility from your vocabulary. Obliterate impossibility from your vocabulary. Life taught you to spell it wrongly. They forgot the apostrophe. Yeah. It's not impossible. It's impossible. Yeah. Impossible. Yeah. impossible. Yeah. Grace is God looking at your situation and saying, I'm possible.
2: not impossible. Yeah.
1: That's impossible. What's that? We don't know. That doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. Especially if another human being is doing it. More particularly, that person that's doing it and succeeding in it is an unbeliever. Yeah. You'll be provoked in your spirit tonight. Yes. Be provoked sufficiently enough to take charge of the rest of your life yes, sir. and bring the grace of God to bear yes, upon the faith of God inside you.
3: Yes,
1: bring the grace of God to bear upon the faith of God that is inside you. Go and change your narrative. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Change your narrative. Nothing. I have nothing. That's all you need yes, sir. to start. What did we start with? Anything? What did I start with? Something? The grace of God is all you need. I said to you earlier, they're looking for what God does. God has given you how He does it. Because sometimes we keep asking us, what's the secret? There's none. Just your word, simply put. The beauty of this word is somebody will take it and do business with it and you'll see the results. Give yourself a time frame. Give yourself six months. I will live by the grace of God exclusively over the next six months. And my profiting will be evident to all. I will spend the grace of God without apology because it's energy that can never run out. Put up that grace creed for me quickly. I affirm and declare declare uh, that I am a son of God God, justified by grace through faith faith, and accepted in the beloved. beloved. I am an heir of the Father Joint heirs with the Son. The Spirit of God dwells in me. And I am seated with Christ in the heavenly. I affirm that the grace of God is fully at work in my life. This life that I now live by the faith of the Son of God. By the faith of the Son of God. Therefore, Therefore, I am conscious conscious of God's divine ability, ability, which is now fully resident in me, empowering me me to to walk worthy of my calling and to be Christ on display. His grace equips me me for supernatural possibilities possibilities and extraordinary capabilities capabilities within the remit of God's will will as captured in the faith of God. God. Nothing is impossible to me. me. I enjoy boundless favor favor with God and with man. by grace, By grace I am saved. By grace I am sustained. By grace I am, By grace, I am, preserved. By grace, I am preserved. By grace I navigate and overcome adversity. By grace, I
3: navigate and overcome. By
1: grace I am edified By grace I grow in sound doctrine doctrine. Henceforth and always always. I remain fully conscious conscious. Deliberately aware aware. Of the unlimited workings Of the grace of God God. In In every area of my life For it is by grace grace That I am what I am am. And God's grace towards me me Is never never And will never never Be in vain vain. Hallelujah Hallelujah. Come on give him praise in here That is our reality That is our reality And we walk in the consciousness of it. Yes, sir. We walk in the consciousness of it. We appropriate all that is ours. We see a rapid instant turnaround in our lives, in our abilities, in our attainments, in our lifestyle. In everything that has to do with us. In our provision, our supply, in our growth, in our attainment of our inheritance. We lay hold of it. By the, By the grace of God. At work within us. And we thank you for it. Amen. 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 Give God praise one more time.
0: Well, that's it for today's teaching. We trust it has been worth your time. For more of these messages from our stables, kindly subscribe to our teaching podcast at www.thebasileacommission.podbean.com or via the Podbean app on your mobile device. For inquiries and further information, kindly send us an email to info at or find us on social media with the handles at the truth simply put or at while the church. You can also send us an SMS, call us, or connect with us via WhatsApp on plus 234 Finally, if you would like to give to support the work that we do kindly follow the Patreon link in our podcast or contact our office for details. Thank you.